Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow, alongside my trusty sidekick here, Dwayne Drawn. What's going on, Dwayne? What's going on, my man? Hey, hey, it is game on now. I'll tell you what I did on Friday. You're gonna, you're gonna, hey, I we did it. So, you know, we're talking about buying this airplane thing. Yeah. So what we did was now this wasn't really a setup. I didn't set this up, but I guess the salesman he gotta do his deal to sell the thing. So I, I took my wife to go see the airplane because I wanted her to see what I'm looking at getting. And she's used to me flying like these old hoopty little small airplanes. And so that's what she thinks of personal aviation. So I'm looking at this big bad boy airplane like the Cirrus and, and I take her, I just set it up just so she can sit in it, walk around it. And the salesman says, hey, you want to go flying? And I'm like, fuck, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she's like, no, I got work to do. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, we got work to do. So so I, I convinced I, I did. It didn't take too much. And guess what he does? He puts her in the passenger seat. Oh, and goodness. so we get the plane off the ground and go flying. He says, oh, you want to fly, too? And he turns off the autopilot and he let her fly. Buddy, I'm getting a fucking airplane now, but it's on. <laughs> no, that's one smart salesman right there. Smart man, baby. It is on. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. I love the videos that she was posting and all that. It was good. It was a good time. Good time. That's awesome. Yeah, I had my first this week as well. Uh, this Friday, I uh, I went to the boxing gym and strapped on the gloves and had some fun. And I tell you, it was uh, it was a very different experience from Ninja for sure. It was two hours of ass kicking, grueling amazingness. You know, it really was it was quite fun. The coach was incredible, Caesar. He just you know jumped in a big heart, but he's he's like Mickey from you know from Rocky. He's just like in your face. He's like, you can do this. Come on, hit that bag. You know what I mean? He's going at it. And I'm like, just, just teach me the basics. I want to get used to that first. And I want to get that down so I don't end up being all sloppy. So anyway, uh, we had a great time and, uh, I actually couldn't walk for two days after that with all of our legwork wow. we did. So, uh, he yeah. beat the hell out of me. Love it. But, uh, I'm going back for a round two, man. I'm, I'm in it. I'd sign up for a year. So I'm in the, in this thing to crush it. But, if he uh, remembers your name on the next visit, then he's a good coach. He just, as yeah. long as he has good memory, <laughs> he knows how to protect <laughs> his head. <laughs> We're going to find out. We're going to find out for sure. Well, today we have uh, an incredible guest on here. Um, he's going to help us help you uh, recruit, figure out how to find great team members, you know, the systems and things. He's actually created an entire process in this this uh, category. So I know a lot of you guys struggle finding really good help, you know, for your teams and for the office and all that. This guy here is going to lock a couple of cool, you know, ideas for you guys to think about. He has an entire platform you can uh, jump on with him as well. Um, but his name is Ryan England. He is a part of Core Matters is the name of the uh, the business that he runs. And it's all about, you know, the front lines of your business. And he's going to tell us a lot more about what he does. But one thing I did 
notice, um, Ryan, is when I looked at the website and I saw something on there that I jumped out at me and made me smile when it says, you know, you know, that saying is about, you know, saying to find something that you love um, to work on every day in your life. Right. And you get to do this every single day. You get to to do what you love every single day. And that's that's what we do. And we absolutely love that. So welcome on board. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So. Ryan, tell us a little bit about, you know, where you come from, what your background is and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I grew up in a blue collar family. My dad was an entrepreneur. He was in manufacturing. And I remember being a kid thinking, wow, this is cool. My dad owns a business. And then I remember, I don't know, I was probably like seven or eight years old. He comes home with his brick phone. He's like, look, now I'm on call. People get a hold of me <laughs> nights and weekends. How cool is this? And I was like, Dad, you're so cool. You've got this leash to the office. And it wasn't <laughs> until I was older that I realized that wasn't a good thing. Yeah. And, and here we are, fast forward a, a bit. And I was like, I'm not going the entrepreneur route. I'm going to go to corporate America because I'll have freedom. I'll be able to do my own things. Um, a decade later, and I realized, well, that's not true. So I ended up becoming an entrepreneur a little over 10 years ago. And it wasn't until I realized that I was dealing with a lot of the things that my clients today deal with. Like I had these health issues because of stress. I had to turn away work because we couldn't get it done. And I became a new dad and I got little kids at home. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't want that leash and that brick phone and the nights and weekends and being gone. And so for me, I had to figure out how do I solve this in my business? Mm -hmm. And around 2015, we did. And I started hiring people I could trust. And that was the key component for me. Like, it's one thing to hire people. It's something completely different to hire people you can trust. Yeah. You can step away and say, I know they're going to do it my way. They're going to take care of the client the way I want them taken care of. They're going to deliver the product or service the way I want it done. And it was that trust component that I think was a big turning point for us. But at the time, we had a lot of clients that were struggling because they couldn't take on the work they had. And they're like, Ryan, we need help hiring. I don't know where to go. I don't know who can help us with that. And there's all these home service companies. And there's not a lot of people out there talking about how do you hire a frontline employee? How do you hire a technician? How do you hire a craft worker? I, they don't, there's no one out there teaching this stuff. It's all mm -hmm. about, oh, you have ping pong tables and PlayStations and that's how you build great company culture. And it's like, well, it doesn't work when the guy spends 10 hours a day behind a windshield, right? Yep. And so we started helping our clients out with this. It's just kind of an off-label thing because we wanted to save our, our marketing clients and we wanted to save our core business. And after a while, I was like, this is just way too much fun. Like we get to do something that no one else is doing. We get to see these, our, our clients, these small business owners just transform their business because they've got these amazing teams. And so here we are 10 years later, and this is all I do now is help them with this. So they don't deal with the same things I dealt with. You know, the stress, the time away from family, the we can't take on more business and hit our growth goals. And so that's my focus now. That's pretty dope. Ryan, you said something that um, it stuck in me. And you said you, you, you want people to hire someone they can trust. Okay, what does that sound like? What is that? You know what I mean? Like, I, I like what you said, but what is it? Well, I, I wish that there was this, silver bullet. You just did this one thing and it would work. But one of the things that we found with especially small business owners, like this is their baby. 
right? Like they blood, sweat and tears. They grew this thing. Maybe they invested in it. They've got all the risk in it. And a lot of times they struggle to trust people because it's their baby. And what we found is those owners that are willing to trust first can do a much better job at hiring people they can trust. Hmm. Too often I hear, oh, they'll get my trust when they earn it. Well, that might be a long time and it might never happen. So why don't we trust them first, see yeah. what happens. I mean, you don't have to go out there and give them the passcodes to your bank account, right? <laughs> trust them a little bit, give them a little bit of room and, and be the example you want them to be. You want them to trust you, you wanna trust them and it's, it's a two-way relationship. I like yeah. it. Now, wow. do you find that uh, trust starts within yourself? Before you can trust others, you need to trust yourself. Do you find that's part of the mindset side of it for the business owner? Oh, of, of course, of course. Yeah. You know, so many, and I don't know if you guys have been there. I've been there. I left corporate and I was like, I'm not going to follow the rules. I'm not going to have systems and processes. I'm just going to go for it. It's like the wild west. Well, I didn't have anything in my business I could trust either. I didn't have a process I could trust. I didn't have a system in place. And so it was just kind of me winging it all the time. And I was like, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll fix it. But yep. as employees, they don't have that same character. They're not entrepreneurs. They don't think like that. So if you don't have a business that you can trust with just you running it and you can't trust yourself to run it, you're never be able to find people that you can trust to run it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sure does. Actually, I actually hired a new person uh, yesterday. It was the first day. And the reason why I asked that trust thing, because I had the keys and you mean the little key card for the office to get in. And I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. I'm like, do I give it to her today? Do I wait till tomorrow? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is small. It's simple, but yeah. this is like the key and pass card to the office. But do I know if I can trust her yet? And you know what? I just, I was leaving to go to the restaurant. I said, here, take this. Is the keys passcode? Get in the office. You can hop in and you can get it wherever you want. Like, yeah. let me just pass this shit on right now. Get it out yeah. of my hands. Go. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's one thing that holds a lot of small business owners back is they just need to let go of some of this stuff and let their people to do it. And here's the silly thing. As entrepreneurs, we, we were 27, 39. I don't know how many hats it is now these days, right? It seems like there's always a new hat we have to wear. Mm -hmm. Nobody can wear that many hats and do them all well. And so if you can find someone who has an expertise in one of those areas, you can find someone who that's the skills they want to develop and give that hat to them. They're going to outperform you any day. But too often controls yeah. in place because we're afraid to trust people. Mm -hmm. I don't want to give you the pass key. So you have to call me anytime you want to get in here. You know, I don't want to give you the password to that. I'll, I'll let you in, but only on occasion. And that stuff just doesn't work. No. And they can feel it too when you're trying to build a team of trust, but you don't trust yourself. So you don't trust them. Next thing you know, how do you build trust when there's no trust around? You can have it as an yeah. ideology, but it's not going to be realistic. Um, you know, you got to look at them as, look, they're innocent until they're proven guilty. It's that simple. Yep. Yep. And that's yep. where things like background checks and reference checks, you know, the things that small business owners just kind of like, ah, we don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> this stuff could go a long ways to helping you go, hey, I can trust this person at least, at least for Absolutely. a little bit. I don't know about that background check. I got some bullshit in my past, man. I really don't want to. <laughs> you know what? So we actually coach I our, get a job. We coach our clients on that. 
you know, <laughs> someone made a bad mistake when they were a kid. You want to still hold it against them? You want to give them a shot? Yeah. And so yeah, as long yeah. as they come clean about it, yep. like, just, hey, is there any, I'm going to run a background check. Dwayne, am I going to find anything that might be some red flags? And if you're like, not at all. Nope, we're good. Well, now I'm going to really struggle to trust you. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, I'm such a salesman because I'm like, so what do you consider red flags? <laughs> <laughs> nice reverse. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Now, now, Ryan, when you do do the backgrounds, how far do you say how far do you let them go back and you know how far is important and then what's like the level like is it misdemeanor is it felony like what is it what can hold somebody back from hiring so full disclaimer i am not a compliance guy i'm not okay. a lawyer in fact that's why corporate and i don't get along i do not like to follow rules mm -hmm. so i i look at it this way you know if if you run a background check and there's embezzlement in that person's background and they're going to be your cfo we yep. have a problem. Exactly. If there's some white collar crimes and you're hiring a carpenter to go build some out, you know, some decks outside, eh, what harm are they really going to do? You know, like that's how yeah. I look at it. Like, does the what they what they did or what comes up, how does that relate to their current job? Because if it doesn't, yeah. is it really relevant? Josh, I know you want to jump on, but I want to add to this. Like when I when we had our brick paper patio business, I would I would hire guys uh, from the work release programs, and they were honestly they were phenomenal, like yeah. amazing. The only problem that I had with them is when they got out of jail, they were horrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like as long as you were in jail, you were the shit. But yeah. the moment they got out, they were horrible. Yeah. And there was only one crime that I would not if if you have a theft issue. That's the only crime that I would hold back on. Mm -hmm. For some reason, that that theft bothered me. It, it, feel, it was like weaselly to me. Like, you'll get yeah. me behind my back. But if you beat somebody up or you shot somebody, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that, Dwayne, though, because we've worked with clients that have done that on the work release program. They're like, they're amazing until they get out. <laughs> and then once they're out, it's like, we got to go find someone else. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny so funny. Work for Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't steal my shit, you're good. Shoot somebody, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. But yeah, we don't, I don't get too much into the compliance side of things. I stay out of that. In fact, a lot of our clients, if they have an HR department, like this is one of the things we, we want people to change the way they think. Recruiting is not an HR activity. Recruiting should never be an HR activity. HR is about compliance and following the rules. Mm -hmm. Recruiting is more like marketing. Yeah. Interviewing is more like sales. Like Dwayne, you probably love the interview process with those reverses and that sales mindset. Like you love the interview process. So one yeah, of the first yeah. things we do, especially for our larger clients and, and keep in mind, we still work with just small business owners, but the ones that have 50 plus employees, they probably got an HR person or a controller that does HR or a payroll person. Like don't give them the recruiting activities. Who does your marketing? That's yep. who should be recruiting for you. Yep. And then, Who's your sales manager? That's the person that should be building your interview process. That's the person that should be having those conversations. Person that knows how to talk to people. You know, too often we see they, they take this HR person who really just wants to put their head down and work in the books and work on the compliance stuff. They're the person that's responsible for writing job ads and connecting and creating an emotional connection with people and having these interview conversations. And it's just like, they're not qualified to do that. It's not yeah. what their, their expertise is. 
and then they're going to give you a laundry list of that, you know, that vanilla laundry list of all the duties, proficient on computers, proficient in this. And you're like, you're reading through it. You're like, oh my God, I'm sound like I'm going to prison. Like, no, no, no. Like maybe Dwayne will hire me, yeah. but no, that's not what I want to do. Right. So you know, but you're do. right. When you, when you make it a sales function, now you're thinking about how am I positioning my company to sell my, my, this position to somebody who's interested. How do I make this different? Because everybody else is trying to say the same damn thing. They've done the same old fashioned way at this. Right. And, and then you look, take a look at it like, all right, well, fun place to work, you know, and we're, we're, we're into building humans, not just, you know, running you ragged and working you 40 hours a week. We want to see you grow. We want to see your uh, goals achieved. Like you start talking like that, all of a sudden you become the one everybody wants to work for versus the one that, you know, sounds like everybody else and you can't stand that amongst the pack of people trying to to hire the same position. Well, that's one of the things that I, I coach a lot of people on and I do this in my workshops too. I think the biggest problem facing businesses across the country right now, I mean, everybody tells me this is the, the number one issue facing businesses right now. They can't find good people. And I think the problem is, is they're looking for good people. Like they're turning over rocks and they're sneaking around corners and they're like, oh, there's no one good there. And what they really need to be focusing on is more of how do I attract good people? How do I become that one that outshines everybody else? And people are like, they're different. I want to go be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And so that changing of the mindset is huge. Ryan, I'm reading a book. Uh, actually, I wasn't reading a book. It was this morning. I was riding, I ride my bike every morning and I was listening to Jim, Jim Rohn this morning. He was talking about success. It was like, stop trying to be successful and start working on you, your inner person, your inner being and success. It just starts attracting you. Is that the same way you bring in good staff is stop trying to bring in these people and start working on you as a business, defining the why and things like that. Is that how it works? So a big part of what we do, I mean, the name of the company is Core Matters and our, our model is called the Core Fit Hiring System. It's all about this core. And what's core to a business? It's that foundation on which the business is built. It's your values, your purpose, your vision, all of those things that make up your culture, make up the way you make decisions and the rules that you have. And it also figures out how do you get people attracted to a place where they feel like they'll belong? Like, I think mm-hmm. belonging is so like if you have a turnover issue, it's probably not because, well, part of it's probably because you're not hiring the right people. But another part of it is they show up and they don't feel like they belong there. They don't have friends. They don't feel like they can talk to people. They don't feel like they're part of the team. So they keep looking for another team. And so, so much of it is figuring out how do you turn inward and build a foundation on which to build a successful business and the values, the vision, the purpose, and even your core story is so critical to that. I know so many get in the business, especially in our world with landscaping and hardscaping, and they're just like, well, look, I don't want to work for corporate America. I'm sick and tired of it. I want to own my own destiny. I'm going to go out and make money. Why not make all of it? You know, my, my employer used to take all of it and give me a piece. Now I want it all. But they don't realize that all the overhead comes with that and all the insurances and all the equipment and like all this stuff comes along with it. But yeah. the interesting part is they, they don't ever think about the business as a magnet for other like minds on a similar mission. They don't think of that. They think of it as like, all right. I like what I do. It's a hobby. It became now something I make money. I've got to support a family. I've got all these bills. Now I need to figure out how to get people to come and work for me because I've always been told that as a business owner, you're supposed to stand there, crack the whip and have people work for you, right? That's the beauty of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. You can sit back, drive around, drink coffee, look at people work, but they never take the time to do the deep work. 
the work within themselves, mm -hmm. right? I've always said business is no more than a mirror of the leader, right? If they struggle with Absolutely. something internally, the business will struggle with it externally. If they struggle yeah. with something, you know, in their personality trait, the same thing is going to struggle in the business too. It's always going to be directly to the leader. So as the owner of the company, you are the leader of it. You need to make sure you're doing the inner work so that the outer work becomes more visible. You can see it within the, the business, but you know, so many start this process and don't think about the why you ask him, why are you in business? We'll make money. Why are you, mm -hmm. uh, you know, buying new equipment? Cause I want to make more money. Like it's all about making the money, but they, but they have a hard yeah. time understanding is that you can't attract a team that's going to jump on board with you, give them days and days of their lives, if not years and years of their lives. Also, you can make some more fucking money and they can make their paycheck. You know, they can watch uh, yeah. you get rich and then they could be yeah. like, well, great. What's in it for me? Why, why would I want to put overtime in? Because when I get overtime, I get a little bit more, but dude, you're, you're out buying big shit. You're out having fun and doing all this stuff stuff and I'm stuck working, supporting your lifestyle. You know, that's, yeah. that's the reality when you're, it's all about money, but when it goes deeper, it goes into the why. And pretty soon you're hiring people on the same mission in life and you're developing people, you know, using your business as a vehicle to get them to their goals faster. It's a game changer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We have a process we call the growth accelerator. We teach our clients it's, it's one of the things, once we have recruiting figured out and we're hiring good people and we're, we're onboarding them well, now how do we keep them engaged? And we have this process. And the Growth Accelerator is an employee-led personal and professional development plan. And I really want to put an emphasis on the personal side because yep. so many employers are like, oh, I'll send you to school to learn the trade or I'll send you to school to learn how to operate that equipment. But no one ever says, hey, I'm going to send you to school or, or get you some training on personal financial management mm -hmm. or how to have a better relationship with your spouse or how to better communicate with your kids. Like if you invest in that person's why, that personal life, which is what for most people, it all comes down to the people that we love and we care about. Like there's right. somewhere in there is their why. If we invest in those relationships, they're gonna look back at us as the employer and say, there ain't no one on the planet that's gonna do that for me, except these guys, I'm sticking around because mm -hmm. I got a better home life because of them. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Ryan, I went to this uh, program about two years ago. It's called the Landmark Forum. Mm -hmm. And ever since I went through, it, it has really made me a more authentic human being. Like I actually see life for what it is. And I'll give you a quick, quick breakdown. Like you ever hear a story about a husband and wife, they're always arguing and fighting, but yet your friend is the husband. And so you always hear his side. So what the Landmark has taught us is she also has a side too is, and you also don't realize how horrible it was for her to live with him. You know what I mean? So yeah. whatever. So what I want to do is like, as, as I build my company, I somewhat think I'm in business to build a business that we do what we do, we love, but I also want to build this sort of geeky, great, joyful place where I can show the world that when you come work for us, you're going to have just this fucking great experience working and you don't want to work anywhere else, work for us. Where would I start to even, I have the mindset, but where would I even start to even build this process? Uh, the first thing I would do is I would see, do you have any other internal champions on your team that could help you with this? I mean, so often as owners, we think we have to do it all. But I can promise you that the way to communicate what kind of organization you're creating, yeah, it's probably all trapped in your head, but I guarantee you got some people on your team that are sold out to it. Get them involved in the process. You're like, mm -hmm. hey, you know, uh, this is something that you guys have helped me create. Now help me take it to that next level. And don't think you have to do this all on your own because you don't. And that I think is probably one of the biggest myths of being an entrepreneur is the buck stops with me. 
I'm the only person that can put those fires out. If I want it done right, I got to do it myself. And it just doesn't work out. So that's the first thing I would do is, is get some people on your team who can help you champion that. I love that. Cool. I like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so many of us have great people within and sometimes we just don't trust them because we don't trust our leadership with them, right? We just don't feel like we've given them enough or uh, feel like we can, if we gave it to them, what if they messed up? But you know what? We're human. We're all going to mess up. Now it's just a matter of if they do mess up, what do we learn from it? And if we learn and never do it again, that's great. We create a system, right? We, we all mess up. Like we have things that pop up in yeah. our business too. And we're like, huh, didn't I never, never was a thing before. Never happened before. The world's changed. Let's see what happens. That broke. Okay. Now let's put a system around it and make sure we all learn how it's supposed to work and not supposed to work and move forward from it. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't hide from, from failure. I call it uh, a chance to learn, but the word failure is often used, right? But you can't hide from it. So embrace it, get really good at solving problems. And then that fear of failure disappears because you're like, shit, more problems, the better I get. I just become more and more uh, you know, astute at solving those problems. And just from your biggest ones, dude, like if we don't have a lot of problems, we're not trying hard enough. If it's all yeah. easy and comfortable and all that crap, it's like, dude, seriously, you're going to be out of business in no time because someone else is working a hell of a lot harder than you are. So you better be out there sweating, feeling that burn in your muscles because you're out there not physically working so much, but, you know, with your business and growing it and finding those pain points. Because when you're finding the pain points and you're pushing an edge that most won't go to because it's not comfortable. Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges we see entrepreneurs have is that being able to humble themselves in front of their team. Yeah. And I wrote a book called How to Hire the Ones You Won't Want to Fire. And one of the, the premise of that book is if you need to become who you want to hire. Yes. If you want to hire, just like you had talked about, Joshua, if you want to hire somebody you can trust, you have to be able to trust yourself. You have to be a trustworthy yeah. person. But one of the things I see entrepreneurs do all the time is they smoke and mirrors these candidates to death. Oh, we mm -hmm. do all these awesome things and they sell, 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 sell the company. And, and not probably Dwayne, probably not the type of sales that you and I are talking about where we get to know the person and, and we dig into what their, their why is, but more of that used car salesman, like we're going to feature and benefit you to death and yeah. that's it. And yep. then what happens is that person shows up and they're not who you thought they were primarily because yep. you did all the talking <laughs> as the employer, you didn't let them talk at all. But the other thing, you gave them all the answers to the test. Well, what if you just humbled yourself for a second and say, Hey, we're not perfect here. We know we're not perfect and we're working to get better. And I think that you being on my team could help us do that. Like, just think about what that would change the, the conversation and just the way they show up for their first day at work. Like yeah. this guy wants me here because he wants to get better and he thinks I can help him get better. Like, pfft. but that humility, it's so rare these days. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And add into Jonathan, that. No, I... add into yeah. that vulnerability. As a leader, you know, that's something yeah. that's like a huge, like, don't talk about that. Leaders are supposed to be made of iron and always know everything and always ready to go and always have the right answers. And that's bullshit, guys and gals. You know, vulnerability is is the key to success, is to be vulnerable. Look, I made a mistake. Okay, how can we fix it? Um, and not try to try to, you know, shove it under the rug so nobody sees it and sees that you're, you're a flawed human being just like the rest of us, right? Be vulnerable, be honest, be like blatantly honest with people. And you're going to find life is a hell of a lot easier. You sleep better at night. You don't have to keep all those stories up in your head that you told three people, <laughs> but to not remember the everything. Yeah. It's, it takes way too much time and way too much energy to try to keep all that shit straight. Just shoot them straight, whether it's painful or not in the beginning. And what will happen is you'll find that you can you can live it yourself much easier because you're, you don't have to keep up all the bullshit. So be vulnerable. I think vulnerability is a superpower. And I'll say a thousand times, 
you know, that's one thing that I've learned in the last five years of, of mindset growth is that fact. And I'm vulnerable with everybody. I don't, I don't care who you are. You ask me what's going on. I'll tell you exactly what's happening, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. And that's just what it is, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I'm not going to put on the airs that everything is just fucking perfect. And like all these kinds of things. And most of the time it is pretty damn good, but there's times that I struggle with things and let's lay it on the table and talk as a team. This is where I fucked up. You guys didn't. I led you in the wrong direction. How can I be better at this next time? How can I communicate better with you so we can make sure the team wins? And that not yeah. to be that yeah, I don't lose. It was your fault. Bullshit. Spin it around. You're just as as guilty as the rest of them and, and own it. Yep. Ryan, the biggest issue that we have in our industry, and matter of fact, this this is really heavy for the listeners. And Joshua and I, we hear this all the time. It it actually drives me insane. So, but we always hear, I can't find any good help. I can't find any good employees. And sometimes I look at these guys and like, are you really building the business that somebody wants to work for you? Like, would you work for you? Yeah. And what advice would you have for, I mean, these guys and, and just like right now you're speaking to the lawn care landscape industry. Cause right now this is the number one issue that we hear everywhere we go. Yeah. What would you say to them? Yeah. Uh, like I said, no silver bullets here, but I, I like what you said, Dwayne, was, are you building a business that you would want to work for? Like not own, but one that you would want to work for. Like, would you want to work for you? <laughs> I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs, like the reason that they don't have any employees is because that's the way they want it. Deep down, they don't want people on their team and they wouldn't treat them well and they wouldn't take care of them and they don't want to build systems and processes my way or the highway. But I think for those guys that have said, hey, you know what, enough's enough. Like I tell people all the time, one of the easiest ways to tell if an introduction to to my team is a good idea is you're standing in front of an entrepreneur and they got their arms up in the air and they're like, I give up. I want this, but I have no idea how to get it. And it's that, that a little bit of that vulnerability, a little bit of that humility where they say, I just, I, I just want to find a guide, someone that can just walk me through this on how to do it. And I think for those guys that are saying, they can't find anybody. I mean, I'll go back to what I started with. Stop looking for them and start attracting them. So what are you putting out there? Mm-hmm. You know, I joke around all the time. You know, I've been with my wife. We've been together over 25 years now. And like, if something happened and I had to go and, and I was like, you know what? I'm lonely. I want to go find someone else. <laughs> um, what would I do? Would I put on the clothes I wore 25 years ago to get her? <laughs> And think that works today? Because as employers, we do that all the time. Well, 20 years ago, it was easy. So I'm going to keep doing the same things I did 20 years ago. Would I sit down and come up with a list of like, who is it that I really want? You know, I don't know. Do either one of you guys fish? No, I fly. Not really. No <laughs> fishing. Okay. Well, I'm a big fisherman. I like fishing. I like to I use a lot of like fishing stories, it. but I ask people all the time, when you go fishing, what's the first decision you need to make? Where are you going to go fishing? No. Oh, wow. Pull There's a decision you have to make before that that dictates everything else. It's what, so what kind what of fish you, you want to take catch? With you? Oh, oh, what kind, what of, kind fish? of fish? Yeah, yeah. Like, think about it. Now yeah. you know the fish. Well, that narrows down the locations. That narrows down the bait. That narrows down the gear. That narrows down the time of day, time of year. It narrows down a lot of things once you know the type of fish you want to go catch. Same thing with finding employees like let's get really clear on who you want to find is it someone like you is it someone that compliments you is it someone that has a completely different 
behavioral pattern. I'm big on behavioral yep. assessments. That maybe you have a really dominant profile and you need someone who's going to be dominant as well to keep up with you. Let's get really clear on who it is you want. Take the time, sit down and figure that out. I bet you most of your, the most of the listeners here, they probably all sat down and figured out who their ideal customer is. Hopefully. Right? Thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Someone that's got money is usually where they start, right? Yeah. But, but they have a list of the things they're looking for an ideal customer. Why don't we do that for employees? So, so Ryan, when you put this together, you're actually not headhunting. You're actually, your program is teaching companies how to even create the business that they are that even attracts employees is basically what your business does. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so we're awesome. teaching, I'm going to go back to fishing. Yeah, we're teaching them to fish. Yeah. We're going to teach them all the secrets that the recruiters use, the staffing agencies use all, all these groups that have the inventory of people, like people that can show up and work for you a little bit. We're going to teach you how to do all the things they do, build it inside your business and then give you the keys and teach you how to run it. Hmm, that's that. what we oh. do. That's awesome. And that's a life skill, you know, to, to be able to do that and track the right people. Imagine guys out there listening, imagine being able to do that. And you're like, okay, I need to hire three more guys to start another crew. And after Ryan's taught you, you're like, I know exactly what to do. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, let's do it. Right. You've already done most of the yeah. lifting and learning. So once you have that, it's a life skill. That's, that's beautiful, man. And I know a lot of business owners are, or would classify themselves as visionaries, right? They, they, they see the future, they, they see where they want to go, but so many, especially, uh, you know, solopreneurs, they, they want to do it all themselves. So they become the implementer as well, right? They become that other person that, that has to make sure to train and run it on time and all that stuff. But there's a gigantic uh, contrast between those two roles, right? I'm, I'm a visionary 100%. Absolutely. I am not an implementer, right? When it comes to implementing, it drives me nuts. I get frustrated and I get stressed out yeah. and all that because I'm like, oh, I got all this stuff to get done. I'm like, no, I love to see it. I love to get the teams in place and I love to manage them to come to the goal, right? Uh, but I know a lot are visionaries, but understand guys out there that it's okay if you're one or the other. Some people are master implementers, own it. Some of our master visionaries own it and find yeah. someone to be the yin to the yang because that's when you launch. When you find and you can put yourself in the right bus, all of a sudden you say, okay, well, I am the visionary. I need an implementer. Find the implementer. Next thing you know, you're like, oh my God, like nothing is impossible. Everything is possible. And you're like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like this, and you're, you're in your lane. That's a big piece. Just had this conversation with a client. He's been stuck at three and a half million for six years. Just stuck. Wow turnover, dealing with stuff. I mean, all the normal stuff. And he's like, I can't break through three and a half million. So I started talking to him. I'm like, hey, you need to hire this implementer, someone that can just manage the, the office, manage the field, manage the day-to-day -day so you yep. can go be your visionary. And he's a, he's a flaming visionary. Like on a scale of 100, he's like 140. Like he's crazy. Wow. And uh, he's like, well, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to stay busy all day. I was like, all right, let's walk through this. And I walked through what this implementer is going to do. He's like, that's all the stuff I do. He's like, so they're going to take all that stuff off my plate. Yeah. And they're going to do it 10 times better. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You're going to just blow the ceiling off this thing when you just get out of your way yeah. because, and, and his team told us one of the biggest challenges they have is this morning he'll make a decision and by noon he'll change it. And then by mm -hmm. three o'clock he'll go back to the morning's decision. And they're like, dude, stop. Yeah. And it's just because he's always thinking about the future. And I'm like, no, you need someone in between a buffer that is going to yeah, manage exactly. your team and put the brakes on you. Like yep. you can share whatever you want with me, buddy, but I'm not telling the team. Yeah. <laughs> it stops with me. <laughs> you can get it all out, but I'm not like telling that. them. 
until we know what's the right decision. So yeah, until we get it all put together, you know, get the system in place, until everything's done, then we'll tell a team, not just da 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 da. Yeah. Hey, yeah. it must be something about that three point five. I have a good friend who's at like a three point five, and he's stuck, and he's that. He's that visionary, but he's also that visionary who's on crack. Like he's always at every meeting. Uh, he's always connecting somebody with somebody. He's always doing that. But he, he's right. You're right. He's stuck at that 3.5 mark yeah. and he can't get above that. But he is he's out there, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. how this guy is. So the, the, are you guys ever do you guys do any behavioral assessments? Do you guys ever talk about that stuff? We talked about it. I don't think yeah. we ever did it. There's yeah. there's a yeah. there's a system out there called Colby, K-O-L-B-E. Anybody mm -hmm. can go take the assessments, like 50 bucks or whatever. But what I like about it is it gives you four numbers. And one of the numbers is quick start. So quick starts are your visionary. So like I'm a nine quick start. So I get bored really easy. So if you see me nodding off, it's because you're not talking fast enough. Like, let's yeah. go. And he's a 10, but I'm convinced, oh, wow. which is as high as the scale goes. I'm convinced that he pegged it so hard. They're like, we don't have a 47 in here, <laughs> but we're just going to give him a 10. Like, that's this guy. Like, I'll yeah. talk to him at 7 a.m. He's like, yep, already been to the gym, prepared dinner, picked up the dry cleaning, mowed the lawn. I'm like, dude, what time did you get up? He's like, oh, I couldn't sleep. I got up at three. And he just goes. And it's like, yeah, slow yeah. down, dude. You were burning way too hot. Wow, <laughs> it's freaking yeah. your team out. It's freaking yeah. me out at 7 a.m. Stop it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but he is, he's like that. He, like he's everywhere. He's connecting everybody. He loves mentoring people. So he's got all these people he's mentoring all the time, coaching and everything else, but he's just stuck because he's either in the business messing it up yep. or he's working on the business, creating all this awesome stuff. That he doesn't have a team that can execute on. Exactly. So it's all these ideas that just sit there and never take off. And, you know, it's, I was very blessed six years ago to have Becky, my uh, COO come in and, you know, she, she's taken that implementer role. Like she is an absolute freaking rock star at it. And that's exactly the point. Cause I'd come up with 20 different ideas for the day that I'd be like, all right, let's do this. And she's my, my buffer. She's like, all right, sounds good. Let's pump the brakes and we'll talk about it again tomorrow. And I get back yeah. tomorrow and I'm like, I got a better idea. She goes, I know. So it's like, <laughs> we, we do this, this dance, but she's definitely that. And uh, yeah. I love her for it. Cause it's just amazing how having somebody like that in the business with you is so so important because you can get you well we first of all you got to focus your time because when they look at you like didn't we do that like two months ago and it didn't work you're like oh yeah i forgot okay yeah um mm -hmm. let's let's try it this way then <laughs> you know it's yeah it, it's really super important yeah yeah you know and for us you know we spend so much time working on the front line just because you know, if, if you're struggling to find landscapers or if you're struggling to find craft workers or electricians or carpenters, it's you, you got to get that part fixed. If you can't get that part fixed, you'll never be able to take on the business. And that's another yeah. thing we run into a lot right now. I talked to a landscaper the other day, 250 employees. They're stuck. He says he's raised prices three times in the last month and people still keep buying because he's the only one that has the crews to do it. And he's yeah. like, I don't know how to tell these people no. Like, the amount that I'm charging them is stupid. Like I wouldn't pay those rates, but there's no one else. Yeah. And so he's just stuck. And he's like, what can I do to get guys? And one of the things I asked him, I said, you know, we're down here in Arizona. I said, how much, how, how many of your crews, how many people on your crews only speak Spanish? He's like, oh, 92%. Like it's a lot. When's the last time you posted a job ad in Spanish? When's the last time you said now hiring in Spanish and you posted it on a Spanish board? It's like, we've never done that. And you're saying you can't find people. 
Like you might be right in front of them, but they can't read your job ad. <laughs> like, why, why aren't we mm. thinking like this? And I know for a lot of guys, well, I don't know how to write a job ad in Spanish. Google Translate won't be perfect. They'll probably tease you, but it's okay. You won't even know what they're saying. Like, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> try by hard. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it blows my mind. Like we've got one client that they have about 200 people on their team. They do, uh, they do reinforcing steel work. 85% Spanish speaking only. We put everything in Spanish for them. Websites mm -hmm. in Spanish, job ads are in Spanish. All their onboarding documents are in Spanish. Everything is in Spanish. We don't have a problem finding Spanish speaking employees now. Yeah. And yeah. because other companies aren't thinking that same way, they're not leaving. Like retention's through the roof. It's incredible. That could be the jewel yeah. of the conversation here is, is you know, everyone yeah. listening is to, you know, he, Ryan's advice, I think that can be extremely powerful is to, you know, come to the perspective of your prospect. In this case, it's your, your new hire and, and coming to them in their native language. Holy shit, is that powerful? That shows a lot mm -hmm. of respect and, you know, it really shows what you're all about. So that's, that's a huge piece there, guys. Yeah. This is this is not a political question. So if you don't want to answer, just say no, I'm not. But do you feel that we are having a shortage from employees because of we did sort of discourage border crossing and things like that? I don't know if the, the border crossing is so much of it. I think that a lot of the stimulus checks and everything else like that discouraged a lot of it. You know, I have the personal belief of and minimum wage was never meant to be a career. Like you were never yeah. supposed to make a living off of minimum wage. That's my personal belief. That said, who's responsible for making sure that employee doesn't stay in a minimum wage job for their whole career? Yeah. It's the employee. It's the employer's it? responsibility. Yeah. Like we've ignored our responsibility as employers. Like it's really easy to play the blame game. And I'm sorry for those of you that want to turn this off right now, but you got to stop playing that victim card because it's our fault that we took someone in at $8 an hour and we left them there for four years. Yeah. That's our yeah. fault. Like we should have yeah. invested in our people and said, you know what, you make $8 today, but in three years you're making 15 or $18. Cause I want you to be able to take care of your family. Hmm. You know, that's a dope analogy. Cause I, I actually want to pay my people as much as I possibly can. Yeah. I don't want to be sitting at my desk talking about an airplane and have this airplane on my screen and flying every day. And they're broke as hell. Yeah. You don't you understand what yeah, I'm saying? That's just not cool. Yeah. 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 We actually so that's do where I think hard. it comes from. It's it's not so much yeah. political, although there there is a lot of politics in that. I think as employers, we just ignored our responsibility to our people. Yeah. It became only about bottom line and not about, you know, growing people. And then they wonder why they can't find more people. Right. But, you know, we instituted something uh, years ago. And when we hire people, we say, look, each year you get $2,000 toward personal growth. Use it as you please. We have to approve it. It's not like going to an ACDC concert and it's like your personal yeah. gross kind of thing, right? Right. But it's more hey, but about- if I get backstage, you, like that's some serious personal well, growth. Yeah, like, that might cost like, you two grand. <laughs> <laughs> that might be, unless that's like on your bucket list. Like that's one thing, but, yeah. Yeah. You know, but to, to know that we're investing in our people in a way that they can say, all right, well, look, I found this event or found this thing that I want to do that I think would help, you know, in this way, they have to come and sell the idea. You know what I mean? It's not just yeah. like a freebie because like, we got to see how it makes sense and not just for us, of course, but for them because of more more fulfilled they are, the more fulfilled they show up each day and the more fulfilled they are for their family and the more 
uh, you know, longer they're going to stick along with you. You know, it's a, it's a big piece. So if you're focused yeah. on growing people to this point, you know, if you get somebody in eight bucks an hour, and you always want to hold them there forever, then shame on you. The goal here is how fast can yeah. I fast track these people to making a very good wage? Because as they make more, they produce more. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Let's get it down to the basics, right? When they feel more valued, they're going to produce more with their time. They're not going to be screwing around. They're going to be well, thinking, well, if I'm doing this now, why not build a system that I can get myself out of that so I can do more of what's making us more money because the more we make, the more I make and everybody's happier. Yeah, but I think it's simple math too. I mean, usually people ask me all the time, how do we set wages and everything? I said, there's an ROI on people, right? There is, let's just be real. If I'm going to pay you $10 an hour, I should make in somewhere between 30 and 50 based on the work you're doing. Like a three to right. five return. I mean, we talk about that in marketing all the time, right? Well, do I want to make a three times return on $10 an hour or on somebody I'm paying $25 an hour? Yep. <laughs> like, let's get real clear here. The more yep. <laughs> that I'm paying them, the more they're doing for me, yep. the more return I'm getting. And yeah, so dude. it's just, yeah, that's one of my pet peeves. We don't do a lot around salaries in our program. We trust you to understand the market and to know what you're paying people, but we really will encourage you to put together a training program or an apprenticeship program or something along those lines. So these guys aren't stuck making 12 bucks an hour. Yeah. yeah. Like they can go to, they can like go to McDonald's now and they can make 15 to 17 bucks an hour to flip yeah. burgers. So let's be honest, guys, we're, we're now you're, you're competing directly with that, with benefits, with the building inside. It's always the same temperature. Like not that it's great work, you know, if, if that's not your thing, but think about it, the eight to $10 stuff sailed a long time ago. And you, when you're offering that, what the hell do you expect them to say? Sure. Sign me Amazon up. Amazon Yeah. Amazon's right another great one. Yeah. 18 bucks an hour. $3,000 signing bonus. Come on. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 You're right. So it sounds like Ryan, that, um, a lot of this is just basically cliche talk. It's that you, you, you sort of got to break that, that old mental trend. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, what worked even last year before the pandemic doesn't work today. It just doesn't. And we just got to think differently about how do we take care of people? You know, I just read an article about the, the nurse nursing shortage. Like you guys have heard this, right? Oh, yeah. the, the, these hospitals are running out of nurses. I personally believe, I don't have a lot of data to support this, but I've got friends that are nurses. I don't think we have a nursing shortage problem. I think we have a, we treat our employees like crap problem. Yeah. Like yep. when you look at the hospitals and what they've done to their, their workforce, like it's no wonder we don't have a shortage. You didn't take care of them during the pandemic. You just worked them to death. And they're just like, I can't keep doing this. Like the human yeah. body is not designed to work that many hours in a yeah. high risk environment for not a lot of money. Just not. But let's just blow this shit out in the open. I mean, if you go to a hospital, it looks like shit. You got to think if that's a place that you're supposed to be healthy and you get <laughs> healthy, you go through the process. It looks like a fucking prison. I mean, like, can somebody go in there and at least put some paint on the wall? <laughs> I, I, you mean, like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. you know what I mean, I'd yeah. rather go to the kids' ward. At least you got some toys and shit. You mean, you got Scooby Doo on the wall? I mean, God dang. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that, but that's, I think, the problem. And we're going to start seeing that really just open up here to where people are leaving industries because they weren't taken care of. Restaurants are a great example. Perfect, Restaurants yeah. are struggling to bring people back. Well, what did restaurants do? The first sign of any issues. Oh, we're shutting down for two months. We're gonna social distance. We're gonna cut your tips. We're gonna make you actually no longer just be a server. Now you gotta be the mask enforcer, right? You gotta yeah. clean up after everybody. Like you change their role 
And then when they come back, it's like, yeah, minimum wage is three bucks an hour for a waitress with tips. And you're like, yeah, but I only get to serve a third of the people I used to serve. Yep. So yeah. now you They're just got my tips in there. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Restaurants are in trouble. Like in our area, um, even Chipotle's are now shut down on certain days. Like they, they have not figured it out. Matter of fact, Ryan, you have a whole lot of clients just in restaurants if you want to do that because yep. they are not, they have not figured it out. They're still assholes to their employees. I mean, they are, they are in trouble big time. I tell people yep. all the time, I do not fix broken. <laughs> For all those that own a restaurant listening to this, I'm sorry, your industry is busted to hell. Uh, you let me know when you fixed it at least a little bit. Like yep. duct tape and bailing wire is not going to get you out of this mess. Sorry. Yeah. No, but we're going through something that we've never seen before, and they're calling it the great reassignment, right? The reassigning of people or reassigning to themselves. What they're going to be, you know, if they were in the restaurant world, if they were in the, you know, in, in the hospitality in any way, shape or form, they've been beat up for years, just taking client shit and just dealing with low wages and hopefully good tips and all that stuff. And that all changed in the last two years. And now with a government that keeps handing out money, they're like, what the hell would I work for? Why? You know, yeah. it's not that they're bad people. It's simply that they've been putting up with shit for so long. Now, all of a sudden they're like, well, there's another way now. What am I going to do? Like I was always work at a bar, always work at a restaurant. Now, I've got to find something else to do. And, and, you know, it's, there's going to be a gigantic reassignment of what people are doing now. And to your point of the nursing, you know what I mean? It's, they've treated them bad. Now they're saying, you know, roll up your sleeve or, or worth where you're fired, you know, get the yeah. jab or get out, you know, and that's a whole nother level of crazy where they're like, what are you talking about? I give my life to this. And now I want to make a decision for myself and I can't, and you're throwing me yeah. out. So you wonder why mm -hmm. they've got a shortage. I mean, we can go a hundred directions with this, but the point is that, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of things are changing right now. So what I see is an opportunity. I don't know if you're seeing Absolutely. it, Ryan, but I see an opportunity for people who yeah. never would be potential prospects for us as, as, you know, employees and team members. Now we have this gigantic pool of very educated people that could really help us from a different perspective, grow our businesses. It's not just all from green industry. Green industry is great, but if you can hire outside your industry, you bring in a lot more intelligence from other sides where they wouldn't have that if they always stayed in the same box. The one thing you got to be careful of anybody listen to this, you're an employer, you're thinking about pulling people outside the industry or people have never done this kind of work. You got to be patient with them. Yeah, you got to sure. be patient with them. If you took someone that sat behind a desk and you get them outside building decks, like they, they, they might have some skills that they need to learn. They might have some just hand eye coordination things they got to figure out. But if they're the yeah. right person for you and they align to your culture and they're bought into your vision and they, they make decisions the way you want them to make decisions, just they're all around. They're the right person. Maybe they don't have the skills that yep. they quite need to be productive. Be patient with them. Absolutely. Like that's, that's one of the things that just kills me so fast. They get someone in three weeks later, they're fired because they're not doing it right. I'm like you didn't even give them a shot. Yeah. I got little kids at home. Yeah. Dwayne, you might not remember this far back, but I remember when my little boy, he was learning to walk. I'd be like, yeah. dude, you didn't get it right on the first try. I'm going to give you one more time. And if you don't do it, you go find another place to live. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. He was learning. Yeah. yeah. You know, Ryan, I always like to talk about that, but the reason why I don't go too far into that concept is because it's actually my wife's concept. She brought it up. Oh, so if she yeah, hears this podcast. She's going to be upset, but I'm going to break it down. <laughs> if you really think about our lives is something happened after that moment, up until that moment of when we all tried to walk, everybody in our family, our uncles, our cousins and our parents, they all you could do it. You could do it. You could do a clap this on. If we fall, we pick this up. You could do it. You could do it. You could do it. You could do it. But it seems like 
the moment we start walking, everybody's like, sit the fuck down. (laughs) (laughs) Stop moving. (laughs) Don't touch that. It seems like life changes after that. What is that? (laughs) No, it's funny. I was was like, oh, I can't wait till my baby can talk. And they're like, yeah, until they start talking. And then you can't wait till (laughs) they shut up. So, but, but again, that's, that's being able to take a step back and see the world through their eyes. Like we were talking about earlier, like what's it look like from their perspective, your business, the way you treat people, those kinds of things, yeah. take a step back and, you know, think about it from their perspective. And exactly. if that's the way you treat people like, all right, you got it. Now go do something else. Like stop doing that and go do something. I mean, people aren't going to stick around. People want yeah. to feel like they belong in a place where they spend more time awake with strangers than they do with their own family. Like, think mm-hmm, about that. Exactly. Between yeah. commutes, sitting mm-hmm. at the job site, extra training they got to do, everything else. Most of these people are going to see the people they work with more than they see their, their loved ones. That so let's crazy. create that sense of belonging. Gallup runs a poll every year and it's an employee engagement survey. And they've got one question on there that really stands out for me. And they say it's a very strong predictor of someone's long-term engagement. And the question is, do you have a best friend at work? Hmm. It sounds so stupid. It sounds silly. Like, what do we care? Like, we're here to work. Yeah, but if I don't enjoy getting out of bed in the morning, because I don't like the people that I work with and I don't want to go see them, I'm not going to stick around. Yeah. yeah. My daughter posted a joke on Facebook the other day, and she um, she said... She's 19 and she says a job will have you going to work being best friends with 54-year-old Johnny. <laughs> and you're going to the job looking for Johnny. He's 54 years old. You guys are, I mean, she's 19 and Johnny's 54 and they're friends. And it's like a job will having you have a best friend by the name of Johnny who's 54 years old. You know what I mean? And I thought about that. And that's pretty dope because that is that environment. And it's something that us business owners don't get to have. Like we're so busy working. We don't even really create friendships amongst each other. Yeah. Like it's even hard to even create a new friend. Yeah. And that, and that's one of the things we talk, I talk a lot about the millennials. Oh, I mean, they're not getting the bad rap now that the Gen Z's are old enough to pick on, but we still all have thought about these millennials and, you know, so many millennials, like they want to get out of bed and feel like they're making a difference in the world. You know, they want to make that dent in the universe. They want to have a sense of purpose. They want these things. And most Mm -hmm. of them will take pay cuts to get it. We have clients. I have so many client stories. I'll tell you about one real quick. I got a, a guy uh, owns an HVAC company. This kid went to HVAC school. He, he, you know, he's got his, his licenses. He can do this stuff, but he's never got any field training. Like he has no clue what he's doing. He's got book smart right now. The kid's working for Lowe's, big corporation, good money, good benefits, doesn't see a future. Meets my client, takes a $4 an hour pay cut. Cause he's like, this guy's gonna invest in me. This guy's gonna take care of me. And I like the people on his team. Yeah. $4 an hour pay cut, no benefits. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. These big corporation wow. for little small business happens yep. all the time. Yep. If you are attracting people to your business. Hmm. I love that. That's awesome. Ryan, we could go on for days here. I'm seriously, this is a content, this type of content that we can just keep, keep going at. Um, <laughs> Probably. But what I'd like to do here is make sure that people that are listening, that are excited about what you're saying can find you come get some help yeah. if that's what they need. So uh, how do they find you? Yeah. Easiest way is my website thecorematters.com, T-H-E-C-O-R-E-M-A-T-T-E-R-S. 
www.ryanenglin.com. You can also Google me, Ryan England. That's E-N-G-L-I-N. Anybody that comes to my website, I've got uh, podcasts. We've got our own podcast called the Blue Collar Culture Podcast. We talk a lot about how do we get pride back in the trades? What can we do to really get that sense of pride, not just from the owner's perspective, but also from the employee's perspective? I've also got a book download. Like I said, I wrote the book, How to Hire the Ones You Won't Want to Fire. Anybody wants a copy of that, they can snag that on my website as well. I love that. Ryan, thank you so much for being on today. I learned a lot and I, I love podcasts where I walk away with some some information. It's really, it's great. And I really hope all of our listeners have them. I'm sure they have. You've dropped some good nuggets today. Uh, guys, you know, our mission is to, you know, to help mentor and, and, and help uh, a million contractors in the next five years, you know, be become more successful to get more back out of life, to live a more fulfilled life. So, if you know, anybody that uh, you think would benefit from listening to stuff we listened to today with, with uh, Ryan or any of the other podcasts we have, please reach out to two or three friends, just mention it, send them a link, something, share it so we can blow this thing up and get more people help so they can start growing their business and living the life that they truly, truly are destined to live live.